guys and welcome back to another episode on the Nursing Handover podcast, the dynamic duo that you guys love oh so much. You've got me, Jerry, and we've got the lovely Diane back to bring you another episode. Hello, hello, hello. How are you all doing? We hope that you guys are doing good. Everything is great. So you're enjoying this fake summer that we're having now in September. Make the most of it because let's be honest, when winter comes, it really comes. <laughs> so, how are you? How's this week been for you? What have you been up to? Uh, this week has been my induction week for the skiffin course. So, mm-hmm. just been getting to grips with what the year is going to entail and what to expect, and basically how to plan life for the next. And how are you feeling about it? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, As well as requiring a lot of organisation, it's going to require a lot of patience and a lot of time, a lot of organisation, and I think a lot of sacrifice. I'm not going to have as much time for myself as I have had. So I think I'm glad I had a lot of time off between starting this job and the other one mm-hmm. but I do feel like um, yeah so it's just about being organized being proactive keeping on top of everything and um, so yeah it's just more or less trying to yeah keep on top of everything as much as possible really fair enough yes. but yeah I feel about being a student again it's, I don't know, it's mixed feelings because you're kind of being the new person again, you're going to a new team, you're kind of having to start again. Yeah. You um, feel like you're a bit more vulnerable because you don't really know people, you, 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 your environment, but you're not comfortable with where you are, where you are going to be, shall I say. So I kind of feel like it's mixed feelings in that yeah. way, you know. But it's only a year, but I keep saying it's only a year. Sure, a year, think about it, if you sacrifice a year, you don't know... I know the outcome will be so much greater than staying in the same place. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of feel like, um, you know, every good thing that you want, you have to take risks, you have to do something new. And companies are not always, like, comfortable, but you get used to it. And that's everything. You just get used to stuff. Yeah. I kind of feel like, yeah, it's a year. And the whole point of it is it's learning, it's it's getting getting a new skill, Mm -hmm. new qualification. So, like, yeah, the benefits outweigh, I guess, the negatives. But there's not really any negatives yet. And by God's grace, there won't be. It will just be positivity and learning experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the podcast is behind your back. And, you know, yeah. that exists. Yeah. Along with a few others that we know who are also on this, you guys will be fine. A year of sacrifice brings so much more greater stuff for you guys in the near future. 100%. But cool. Well, and you're so Gigi. What is what is what is what is life with you? Well, I'm still here, just mending my ankle. I'm, I actually can't believe I'm saying this. Cannot wait to go back to work. Mm. Really, because I think this is the longest period of time I've been home since qualifying. Mm. And it's been a great use of time. I've been able to like spend time with myself, sort some stuff out, personally, career-wise, X, Y, and Z. 
it's just giving me that time to reevaluate what I want and what I want to do next. So there's a few things in the pipeline that you know about and I'll share in due time. Yes, yes, um, yes. But we're excited to know. Yeah. It's getting on really. Planning for what the next next twelve months, along with you, planning what the next twelve months is about to bring for my career. And that's pretty much it. I actually can't believe I said I'm actually I actually want to go back to work. No, trust me. When when you've been off and, and you've had a lot of time, and also if you're used to being busy, not being busy is strange. Yeah. As you, you crave know, I'm such work. a busy body. Um, yeah. Even my sisters were teasing me yesterday that this is the longest period of time I've been at home for and not managed to escape and gone somewhere else. Yeah. So watch this face until next week we'll be returning so we'll see what happens but great yeah going on to this week's topics um this week you've probably seen our posts already a few other other people's posts this week is sexual health week uh and guys just check out all of our posts check out all the other nursing platforms that have their posts out for this week remember to get your sexual health seen get screened i know like there's a lot of services that have been shut down look online call them see what's available i know if you're if you're someone that's wondering when you can next do a test or anything like that if you are based in london and i think it's uk wide don't quote me on that you can order online test kits to your house they come within two to three days you send it back to the lab and you get your results Obviously, it's not the same as going in to get tested, but with current, with unprecedented times at this moment in time, that might be your best way. And you get a text back with your result, and it'll be on your profile, and you can take follow it from there. But honestly, please, please, please explore your sexual health. Explore your sexual health. Make sure you get you get checked and tested. Keep it like your mental health and your mm-hmm. normal medical health. Like it's just the same. Trust me. When mm-hmm. one of those things goes wrong. You'll feel it in the other. What's the word? I was gonna say senses. Senses is not the word. But no, but I know what you mean. Like it's it's a part of it's like a body part. So it, yeah, it, you know, certainly it affects the other body part. Yeah. So just take care of yourselves. Take care of others. Have the conversations with your friends, families, partners, young people, whoever. We need to normalize the taboo that is around sexual health, and let people know like it is normal to go and get tested. It is normal to seen in the clinic or something because I guess I know a lot of people that don't want to be seen they associate it with like some sort of STD something you only go when something goes wrong but honestly utilize them as much as possible and it's the same with family planning so utilize your services guys see what's available share with your friends colleagues whoever wants to listen really sexual health is just as important as any part of health really Mm. but yeah and I guess, like as Gigi has said the more you normalize going you don't have the embarrassment or feeling like gosh I can't be seen at such a clinic yeah and it's actually a really good practice to get yourself into doing it yeah and it's a good habit to be a role model for people that you know or don't know and demonstrate that it's a positive thing to be seen at a clinic it's not a bad thing yeah it's just normalizing it and making sure that people are aware that these things happen 
But yes, guys, so we're going to move into our first topic for this week, which is a lot of you may have seen it online. Netflix, I think, I believe last week, I'm not, don't put me on that, have recently put out a new film that has caused an uproar and people now want to cancel Netflix. Don't worry, I'm not talking about cancelling Netflix. Um, but I'm not sure if anyone's had a chance to watch the film Cuties. I think, don't quote me, in, I'm about to say this. Again, I apologise if I've said this wrong. It's a French film that's been dubbed into English and I think the French name is Mignon. Again, don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, the film Cuties, so I watched over the weekend and I get what they were trying to portray. I just don't think it's been portrayed in the way it should. And I'm not, I know a lot of people are quite against it and don't want to watch it, but I've seen the trailers as well. Um, and I think it's, it's in the discussion that we've us, I think, in the healthcare profession has been discussing, I think, more from a safeguarding viewpoint than anything else. And it's pretty much talking about like contextual safeguarding and also um, safeguarding in general. So, what I mean by contextual safeguarding is looking at the factors outside of like the immediate home family life are contributing to a form of like sexual exploitation or the exploitation of any means really and I think this is a topic that a lot of people have discussed but never truly gone into. The film basically is supposed to show like a coming of age film of an 11 year old girl who's from a traditionally African Islamic background and she started a new school and she's made friends with like these girls of like secular nature. Is that the right way to describe it? If you have watched the film or seen clips or just things about it online, I think the main uproar that it's that it's provoking is that people are one saying that the show is very provocative and also it's it's borderline borderline in. I don't want to say child pornography, but those are the things I've seen online. And after watching the film, I don't think it is bordering our pornography. I think it's, if anything, it's an eye-opener to see what our children see. Um, and what I've gathered from watching the film is, again, conversations that I've had with friends and family on other things and other times, which is basically what what is our children watching, what are they seeing, and what are they learning from what they're seeing. And in the film... The main character, like I said, is from a traditionally African Islamic background who is trying to find herself through many different ways. Again, I do think the actual film was probably more inappropriate than anything else. Going forward, going through and watching it, you see that the way that the children are being portrayed, it's like Mm. they're small girls that want to be big girls. Yeah, I think I think you know Netflix' approach to the whole movie was very wrong. Yeah, um, from the promo shots to the descriptor, you know, who wants to see an eleven-year-old girl twerking? Nobody. Yeah, it's inappropriate, and I think it it's an eye-opener into the kind of world our children are going to be living in. Yeah, because who is protecting these kids from? from these kind of, I don't know, themes, shall we say? Yeah. Because 
like we were saying, there's certain things you wouldn't watch as a child because they're not for children. Yeah. Seeing somebody twerking, to me, is an adult thing. It's something that adults watch, other adults do, if that's yeah. interesting. them. And that's what I would expect. I wouldn't expect a child of five to be at a birthday party twerking and people cheering them on. That's inappropriate. Um, I can understand... I think the concept of the movie, like Gigi said, you know, a child from a very strict family background being thrown into a secular environment and how those worlds collide and how they navigate through this new normal for them is interesting. Yeah. But they should have done a lot more peer review or a lot more research or a lot more discussion about how they wanted this to come across because... To me, this kind of movie is encouraging a whole different... It's, it's good because it's encouraging the narrative of we need to talk more about sexual exploitation, we need to talk more about paedophilia, we need to talk more about sexualization of children. So it's, it's bringing up good conversations. But also think of the kids that had to make this movie. Yeah. Like, from what I read, it said that there were 650 young young girls that were interviewed for those roles. And from watching the film, seeing how positively they're dancing, I don't, again, I don't know how old they children were that were in the film really were, but if, especially if you're, if you're playing an 11-year-old child, that's not certain dancing I can see is quite disturbing, if anything. Mm. And like I was saying to Diane earlier, this is what our children see have access to online stuff and who's monitoring what they see online it, like again I'm not discouraging parents or anything like that because I think you guys are doing a good job there are ways for children to find ways to end up onto essentially the dark web but then again though Gigi like to play those advocate some parents are not doing a good job some parents think that their kids and them are the same age and that they're friends and that they expose their kids to the things that they listen to or the things that they watch some parents can't create boundaries. Some parents don't actually know what their children need. You know, some parents will sit their child in front of a music video of people twerking and whining and think it's funny when their child copies it. Because you see stuff, for example, on your friend's snap or on an Insta of someone's little baby twerking and people are all like, oh my God, look at her. Oh my God. Like, and that's not really funny. If we're going to go not. to the grand team of things, it is not funny. And... Well, let me clarify. I'm talking about parents that are actively doing stuff to protect their children from these things online. Let me carry on. Um, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, as in parents who have no self-awareness or no awareness of what's appropriate for a child and what's not. Yeah. Because some parents will say to you, but I watch it and it's fine. And they can't... you because you're a grown person. You are developed and you've matured and you can understand what that is. That it's a type of dance and it's an expression and it's a theme or it's a trend. But a small yeah. baby can watch that or listen to a song and then go to the playground and repeat the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny. Like and it's then just if you called into school because your child's been using foul language and you don't see why, why that's wrong. Yeah. So to me, you know, children are very impressionable, especially between like zero and five, you know, five to 11. They're becoming people. They're molding into their own people. They're having different experiences, and it's the job of the caregiver to protect that child. So, back to like the matter at hand, the movie. Like we said, those kids that had to do that movie, 
like did they even understand what they were doing did they yeah. did they want to explain to them what the vision is for this movie when they watch so. it back now what do they think were they aware of what was going on yeah and i was going to ask you what rating what rating is the movie take a guess take a guess not a you definitely not take a guess like 12. keep going (laughs) keep going what keep going you haven't reached it yet there's not a 12 it's not a 15. nope not an 18 movie. It's an 18 plus movie. Like the big thing that I find strange is you have a film about 11 year olds that is at, that is marked at an 18. But let me just double check that before I now start saying that. Uh, Netflix. Hold on, guys. I'm just checking on my Netflix app to see what the rating of the film is. I think that was one of the tweets that I found quite disturbing about it. Oh no, it's a 15. My bad, sorry, it's 15. Even still, you have a 15 plus movie so about 11 year olds. Yeah. Like, that's a bit strange. So, even the kids in the movie can't watch their own movie. Let's say if they're that age. If they actually are 11, they can't watch it. And even. And my thing about the film, and again, it goes on to like contextualize safety because you're looking at the bigger picture and what else is influencing this child. So when I watched it, when I watched it with my friend, we looked at it and saw that mum was again, so initially in the household it was mum, the main character, and her brother. Now, I'm not sure if there's a baby, but anyway. Oh no, there was a baby and there's a baby. And mum is doing everything she can, everything she knows in her culture to keep her daughter safe. And it's what the main character is seeing at school and seeing other people do is what she wants to do. Which again shows us that children are very impressionable. And from an early age, as 9, 10, 11, these things could be set in place. Mm. And again, what are we doing as a community stop this because sadly as we all know there is there are disgusting sickos out there that would play on it so at one point in the film i think the girls have broken into some sort of auditorium called by a security guard um one oh no don't start playing one of the one of security one of the girls accused a security guard of touching her when he really truly all he did was grab her grab her hand to move her again not that that's wise but anyway so and the way that the girls saw to get out of it was to start twerking in front of this grown man inverted commas which one of them you can see he's looking at them like oh like it's seductive this that and the other whereas other guys like mate are you sick why are you looking at them like that like that like they're, li- they're literally children yeah see that's disgusting i'm sorry like I'm it's just then. like and the thing about it is we have all these hashtags save our children, we have child exploitation, child trafficking is at its highest at the moment. Yeah. It's a very big problem, it's a very big concern and it should be everybody's problem and the fact that you have a movie promoting men leering at children, that's worrying. That's an alarm bell. It is, but I also think 
But then again, like we were saying, what they were trying to portray, to be honest, when I think about the film, there's no other way to portray it than how they portrayed it. Mm. Like we say that things shouldn't be done this certain way, but if it was done a different way, we probably wouldn't see it as it is. Yeah. If that makes sense. And even watching that, I felt uncomfortable because it reminds me of times that I feel like people have looked at me a certain way and I'm a grown woman. Mm. So, I know, mm. I, again, I know it's a film, but this doesn't want to say that this doesn't happen to our young girls and guy, our young girls and boys. It does. Mm. As we know, child sexual exploitation happens all over the gaff mm. from very young ages and it doesn't stop. Like, exploitation... Sexual exploitation happens to many people of different ages, different races, everywhere. Mm. And if me, at 28, I watched that particular scene and felt uncomfortable, I can only imagine how uncomfortable it must feel for the child, not necessarily playing it in the film, but in general, who happens to be in that situation. How are we, how are we protecting them? Yeah. I think it's just, it's difficult to say because, you know, we don't have the answers. When we can only do the best we can, then I think it's because, I don't know whether it's because that we're trained in it and, you know, we've done, we've done specialist trainings and, like, that was a role I did safeguarding for about a year or so. Like, these things are, like, things I just pick up naturally. But regardless... If you were to see something on road happening, you can see this child wasn't happy with who they were. People feel confident enough to go and challenge adult with that child. Probably not. Mm. Get what I mean? Like it's just difficult. I think the again, like I said, I think the the way the film was has been portrayed is not the greatest way. But I don't know what way would be any better. I feel like it had caused this sort of. Um, controversy to get the world talking about the situation and I think things like this they come up every so often and get pushed under the rug every so often that now the fact that it's also coming with the line of cancel Netflix for showing this it's very strange it's not very strange is but the, ne- the new wave because we live in cancel cu- we live in cancel culture which mm. we do and the fact people are talking about cancelling Netflix because they played this film, really and truly, it should probably open our eyes to see what else are we missing. Yeah. Sadly, we can't save everyone. Even if you make a difference to one, two, three people, that creates a better world for someone else. Mm. I feel like this is a topic that can go on forever. and definitely. I think my passion with safeguarding and safeguarding children, or even safeguarding adults, to an extent, you can probably hear it. But I think it's just looking at, at how can we protect our young people with the different avenues that we have. But even even like you said, the ages of these children play like play such a vital role in like. The skills that they're learning, communication skills, and how they develop into becoming actual grown people between like mm-hmm. the ages of 0 to 5, 5 to 11, 11, 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. So questionable, which then also, like, it's not just about child sexual exploitation, it's just child exploitation in general. Because if you, if you were a child 
who didn't come from the best home, you saw your friends making, in, in quote, serious money at the age of 11, you might feel pressured that, oh, maybe I should start doing it because maybe I could help out at home or do X, Y, and Z. And then that leads to you getting involved in, like, country lines and other things like that. Mm-hmm. What I mean by country lines, if you're not through healthcare or in the, in the social care, health, health or social care or education type of field, is basically, like, sending people to other parts of the country to essentially sell your drugs or commit acts of crime essentially and come back and do it again really um it's like how can we combat that as a whole obviously one conversation is not going to change it and that's just between us it's together how can we make the world a better place for enough for children if you think about it, in 10 to 15 years' time, the children that we see today are going to be us. Yeah. In that time. What can we do to essentially aid their... I wouldn't say aid their support, not support. Aid their learning and open their eyes into becoming adults. Yeah, I think it's awareness and education and allowing somebody to be taught about, you know, about personal space, about being aware of certain behaviour, certain characteristics. Yeah. Um, making sure that these young people or children have their priorities in place and a sense of where where they, I guess, I don't know what I'm trying to say, like, you know, priorities in terms of like what's important, values, I guess, moral. Yeah. Because again, like we said, like your form of a child's formative years are so important, and they build them up to become the adult they're going to be. And if they're in a situation where they're not being given the right information mm-hmm. and not being made aware correctly, they fall into certain patterns or certain yeah. themes or certain environments, and they find solace and they find comfort in those themes that may not necessarily be positives in society, but for them they are because they find belonging and they find sense of self. Yeah. And then they find themselves in maybe Gigi services where they now become, their, their situation is brought to the attention of a safeguarding team. Yeah. And when you peel back the layers <coughs> and start from, you can see, okay, right, the environment, the childhood, the influences, the social economic factors you know the lack of respect for education and, uh, and social behavior. like so there's so many things like it's a very big domain that's why safeguarding is so amazing because it affects everybody it's everyone's business yeah you know it is whether you're yeah. just a neighbor on the street or you know you're a school teacher or you're you work in the shop if you see something that you know you're not happy with or you're not comfortable with it should be reported yeah. We can come on to another discussion really about safeguarding mm. another time. But for now, discussing the film, I think it's caused a lot of uproar all over the Gaff, really. Because when you watch it, and I think just in the, in the trailer alone, you can see the little girls just all twerking and dancing inappropriately. And that's not the life of an 11 year old. That shouldn't be the life of an 11-year-old. To, to me, if you want to talk about coming of age, High School Musical is coming of age. That's a, that's a coming <laughs> of age movie. 
yeah. There's different ways that's, of coming of age. That's the coming of age because you're still seeing romantic, like you're still seeing them explore different themes. Yeah. But they still don't look overly grown up. They're not being overly sexualized. Yeah. That's the example I can give. But no, and you're so right. Being like a child, like oh yeah, you just can't do it. You just can't. You can't. You can't. Because it's like if this is a film, as we've seen with like films like Contagion that has seemed to show us that that's how Corona is going to pan out to be. Films like this shows that there is there's children somewhere living this life. Of course. A hundred percent. And whether we think it's right for us to have watched it online, is a different question. But now we have, we have to, we have a duty of care to act upon it and make sure that the children and young people who come into our own services, regardless of whatever they may be, that they are safe. Exactly. Oh, sorry guys. Um, but yeah, so we just wanted to have a quick discussion about the film. If anyone has seen it, please feel free to contact us for further discussion because I think this is going to be, if not, this is going to be a big thing that's opening a lot of eyes to a lot of people to see, show them that, well, this actually does happen and it is quite concerning. Mm. I can't lie. Like we were talking about earlier, my big concern is as parents, okay, I don't... I, as we all gathered, people that pl- the age of people that play different people all vary. So all those children, for all you know, could be like 15, 16 plus. However, they're playing 11-year-olds. To me, I just think it's inappropriate for children to be properly dancing. And like I was saying to Dan earlier, if you can watch the WAP video, the new Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion video before 5pm, when we were younger, things like that wouldn't come on until after nine. Yeah. If you can yeah. watch that before 5pm, that's like prime time for children TV. Mm. And if that's easily accessible, because younger, younger children can use computers and stuff like that a lot, and then we can, they can mm. access these stuff. Yeah, I think my concern is that children's ch- children childhoods are being robbed from them by society yeah everyone wants to grow up they're being exposed too much it's too much for example in the film um i think some of the things some of the things i've read about the film says that there was nudity and stuff like that in the film the only nudity that there was was there was a group of dancers who were seemed to to be over the age one of the girls showed her boob Apart from that, there was never any nudity from any of the children who were deemed to be 11. Mm. Um, the big concerning thing that I mentioned to Diane about the film is that these 11-year-olds wanting to be so grown that the main character ended up taking a picture of her bits down below and posting it on her social media account because she wanted to be seen as a big girl. Yes, yeah, what are you promoting? Like, to, me, to me, even having a social media account would have been a coming of age story and how yeah. to navigate social media and how to learn how to use it in the correct way. That would have been a story. But taking 
as the part of your personal part of your body and putting it out there for the world you know what are you showing people that that's all right you can do that people do this and it's okay you know that's not normal even grown people don't do it so why would an 11 year old want to do it if if i'm okay i can't be correct let me play devil's advocate here that child posted it thinking that she's going to be seen as a big girl is it because of what she's seen on other forms of social media seeing that you've got girls out here wearing literally next to nothing promoting sex essentially that these mm-hmm. young girls now think i have to aspire to be like that i have to go to be like that if i show bits of my body i'll get more attention just a big yeah. shame and I think like I said it's just an awareness of what we put in front of our kids you may think it's just a song but even if you listen to the lyrics alone you wouldn't expect an 11 year old to be saying half of his words no you shouldn't be like I had a lady on Instagram who said she was on live because she could hear her neighbor's kids singing the WAP video and dancing and she was saying those kids were like seven. Yeah. To me, that's wrong. And again, and, that, and that's why I'm saying to you that not every parent knows what their child needs. For some parents, that's an achievement. Oh my God, my kids know that song. And the kids are reel off the song to you with all the dance moves in tow. And you think... How many people has that child performed that song for when they come round to the house and mum's so proud to show off their child dancing and singing? It's not even that. It's when you leave your... Not even your family home. Where else are you performing that sort of dance routine to? Where yeah. else are you taking these dance moves? Because it could be anything, but let's just call it dance moves for now. Is that going to make someone feel a tap away? Example, like I said to you about the security guard in the film, mm. it takes one person to start child trafficking. One sicko gets a whiff of it and shares it with his other sicko friend. And I'm, taking, I'm saying his like it's just men. It's not just men. His women are also just as bad in this. It, it, legit, it takes one sicko to see this and think, hmm, yeah. how can I get this? How can I share it within my group? It's not mm. okay. It's not okay at all. Uh, I don't know what Netflix is about to do with the film, but I think, and it's entirely up to you if you want to watch it. I think it is a giant eye opener to a lot of people about things that we have been talking about for a long time. Mm. But would you say it's inappropriate? What the movie? Yeah. It is inappropriate, yes. I think it's it's a very good movie to use as a learning resource. So, like, if you're going to be someone that teaches safeguarding or you're educating people on child exploitation or on sexual uh, sexualization of children, mm-hmm. the good learning tool, if you want yeah. people to learn, it's a very good thing to learn. And, and it's a very good real-life example, the way society puts things into the air and kind of wants it to be normalised. Yeah. That's a very good way of like giving somebody a real life picture instead of it being like I guess an example that they might not be able to relate to. Yeah. 
Um, but no, it's not something that you'd want to sit down on a, on a Friday night and watch. Yeah, no. Like, we only watched it because my friend was like, oh, have you heard that film that they, everyone wants to book up? Okay, it's really enough, it's now come up as one of my things to watch on Netflix. Let's just do it. But it wouldn't and be... What, what concerns me is that there's no warning either on Netflix in terms of it shows this or it's like this, so just in case you're uncomfortable, like, there is yeah. that isn't there. No, it wasn't there. Not at all. And don't forget, even if it gets taken down, people can download this movie, people can watch it. You know, yeah. illegally, it can be obtained. Now, that's out there. And to me, the kids who acted in that movie are also vulnerable now. They are vulnerable. Yeah. But just because it's an acting job, it's still their person, it's still their body in that movie portraying this character. Yeah. That people are just going to associate it with you're, you're an 11 year old dancing provocatively. Yeah. But no, safeguarding, as you said, is everyone's business. Yeah. And I just think we need to be aware of what we show our kids. And what, again, what we say, what we do around them. Because they are so impressionable and they are so precious. Why would we want to tarnish that? Well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's protecting childhood. Yeah. There's a whole lifetime to be an adult. So let them just be children, like, you know, and don't promote things that encourage people to look at children any different than who they are. Because if you do, you're part of the problem and you're part of the reason why why people want to eradicate such things and such people. So, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, moving on to our next discussion, or our next topic. Which brings us to, I think it was yesterday or Monday, there's been, the government has basically said to GP practices that you now have to be offering face-to-face services. Like, I'm, I'm not sure how the majority, I can only speak for my own GP practice. I know my GP practice are offering, like, video, video consultations, and I'm guessing it's the same all across the board. Now, this, the government is saying that they have to, the GP practices have to be offering face-to-face appointments when people request them because if you think about it a lot of the services have partially semi gone back to somewhat normal Mm. and I guess some people still can't leave their houses they're still shielding and I know some GP practices also go out to people but there's only so much you can say via video call and over the phone. I don't know. I've had to call the GP a few times and it just feels like they don't believe any of my symptoms. It goes one, I feel like it goes one or two ways. You either get what you want or you don't get what you want. Mm. I think we also need to be getting back to some sort of normality. Like, and as much as we all say that, you know, Corona 2.0 slash the first one hasn't finished, it's coming back. We have to get used to it. It's going to turn out to be like the new flu. Yeah. One way or another, we're going to have to get used to it. I can see why people want, I can definitely see why people want to be able to go back to the OGB face-to-face because you have elements that sometimes you just can't verbalise or show by a video camera. But mm. some people, as we know, going to see the GP is their sort their form of socialising because they haven't got anyone else. 
Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Like, personally? Well, as someone who doesn't really see her GP, I haven't seen her GP, I think, in six years or seven years. So, yeah, I just don't go to them. Like, I don't see them. And I think it's because the way they've changed, um, like, commissioning and things like that, Mm-hmm. You're not always being the same GP every time. So it's not really a personal service. Yeah. Um, you're being seen for like 10 minutes. So to me, it's no longer like really, not special, but it's not very a personable service anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a bit of a revolving door. Um, so I guess that's why personally I'm not, I don't go to the GP that much. And I think I just don't have time to go. I feel like if I don't feel well, I just deal with it. I don't have time to make an appointment and go and visit them, and and to be fobbed off, essentially. So I just don't go, which is probably really bad, because I'm sure they can help me, but I just don't have time, or I have not made time for the GP. Yeah. Um, in regards to like them opening up, well, the NHS has been working clinically, and acutely, and community, they've been working throughout. Yeah. And a lot of them, you know, have had to go into client homes and give personal care, or support families or um, the elderly so I feel like it's time for them to open up I don't know why they haven't opened up I think once um despite her decree they should have at least started to normalize in a sense of getting back into some kind of routine and bringing people in slowly Mm -hmm. um I understand that there's a lot of inconsistencies from the government and also the direction from them is very wishy-washy so I can understand people's apprehension I can understand people maybe having a desire to do something but not being given the green light to do it mm-hmm. why so would not have happened in a timely manner but I think people have to lead by example um it's the only way you're going to get people maybe out of the house yeah and um actually trying to leave and do things because a lot of some people don't leave out because of this virus yeah and um as you said, going to the GP is their source of contact with, with a human. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, the general practitioner service is an important service in our community, in our society, and we don't want it to go away. I think we run the risk of a lot of things becoming very um, non-contact, like in terms of human interaction. We are running that risk now in society because of things like this virus. Yeah. And I think we were already heading that way, but if we don't nip it in the bud, you know, you people, you lose track of people, people mm-hmm. won't attend or people just, you know, die at home by themselves if they're, un- if they're unwell or, so I feel like, yeah, I think it's time for them to go back as long as it's done safely. And also it might take, I think the heat off A&E if there's a GP there. Yeah. Because as we've seen recently, A&Es have been now been coming a lot more busier than they have been because can't get GP appointments and also people aren't able to go at the drive-in test places for corona or the walking places that are that people get tested at. I think in terms of the whole A&E issue so I think I know we were talking about this earlier yeah fact that, um, kids have gone back to school and I think parents are being told if they have a cough or anything, they have to go and be tested. Like, things now like a mandatory practice. Yeah. But there's not enough tests. And they're not being enough tests. 
some families or just individuals are being forced to travel some as far as 80 miles to go and attend the test centre. Yeah. Um, There's several images of people in long queues waiting for a test. And from what I last saw, I think two days ago, that they were sending a test to Italy and Spain for testing because they couldn't do them quick enough here. So to me, the whole thing is a sham in a sense that the lack of organisation is ridiculous. Um, the fact that you now have people piling into A&E now to get tests because they feel like they'll get it there mm-hmm. because they can't get it elsewhere. Um, again, nobody seems to have thought about the logistics of this. Realistically, no. if every child, every child coughs and then they get tested, that's a waste of a test. It's not even that. My thing is, imagine every child has a cough, so now you've got to isolate. Parents now have to isolate. People have literally just gone back to work. Yeah. People will literally just stop telling their cops that they have to isolate and go to work with potentially spreading corona. Because people can't yeah. afford to be off longer. No. Just, I don't know what this winter is going to bring because we're going to have common flu alongside corona. I think I think they're gonna make people take flu jabs as a cover. Well, the flu jab, if anything, they're just injecting the life flu into you. But I feel like they're gonna make sure people get it, so then they can then try and differentiate between flu, flu jab, flu itself, and corona. Because yeah. I still don't know how you're gonna tell the difference. I don't know how you're going to tell the difference. And really and truly, the isolation period is going to have to be the same throughout. Until you get that test done, whether you have a flu jab or not, who's to say that you can't have the flu and you can't have corona at the same time? Yeah. That's really upsetting, but, you know, it's going to happen. Exactly. And we're about to lose, probably, a lot more people than we have already, which is so sad because this year alone, we lost loads. Loads. Also, like speaking to some of my A and E colleagues, this week alone, there's been a lot more young people dying. What I mean by young, I'm not necessarily saying like teenagers or early early twenties, but people like in their forties, thirties, and forties that are passing from Corona, like they were fit and well. So, as we know, we all thought that Corona was only going to affect old, and then some. The train keeps changing. Yeah. Like, how they're going to keep up to date with this is beyond me. Like you said, I think it's a sham. By the time they get this vaccine, that will be for Corona 2020 when we'll be in Corona, when we'll really be having Corona 24. No, um, I, I have a feeling the vaccine will come and it would have died down and it would then become an issue of do you want the vaccine, do you not want it? But it's not really around that much anymore. And again, where's all that money coming from to make it? Is it our taxes paying for it? Or have they magicked money from somewhere else? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I think, like, I think to me, I'm just so tired of Corona itself that oh I don't God. even read it about any of it anymore. I only read about it if I need to talk about it. But I don't like to look at it because I feel like you then feed into it. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm so over it. Like, I just want life, even though we all know life's not going back to normal. I would, I can't lie. I just love a week and they just didn't talk about any of it. Yeah, and I think a lot of the media are fueling it with negativity. Any post you read is bad. There's nothing good that you hear about it. No. And to me, you know, fear is what rules society. Big time. And people love negativity. People jump onto negativity. People love it. 
And if you look at any kind of media, all they talk about is a negative. We could, they couldn't get pests. Um, the, the spike has gone up. They've now done this. Oh, look, these young people are partying too much. Oh, there's never anything positive that comes out of it. So to me, I feel like it's almost better that it's handled in the right way, distributed in the best way possible, and then it's just, like, done. Yeah. It's never going to be over. People are always going to be having something to say about it. People are, you know, everyone's an expert in things like this. I just... Corona, Corona, Corona. It just needs to end or disappear under a rock somewhere. I just, I just feel like if it's going to be around, then the government needs to perform better. If oh, they do. Like have, have better solutions and have better practices, then people won't be as frustrated. People will then feel like life can be normal because the government that is supposed to be in charge have some kind of direction, some kind of structure. But if yeah. they don't, everybody's through falling basically alone. Honestly, it's just, I don't, like, when it comes to corona, even talking about it alone just makes me feel like I'm over this. Right. Let's see what happens in it. I'll leave it in their hands. Boris already come out to say that, you know, he handled corona wrong. Let's see yeah. what comes from this. Exactly. I don't know what else we can do to change it. You've already reduced. You've now reduced people meeting up to six people indoors, outdoors. I don't know, just six people. You seem to be implementing it even more because people are actually being fine. Mm. Let's see if it makes a difference. And this is you do this after you tell us you give us the out to help out. Yeah. So, are you trying to scare people again back into their homes? And then, what, in three months' time, you're going to say, we're going to give you another 50% off to £10, etc., etc.? Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't keep swinging backwards and forwards. But the problem is, though, it's, it's, become, it's become a power and control thing. And when fear is how you control people and how you have power, you win. You know? Mm-hmm. If people are, people are saying to you, I sit a meter apart from my granddad in the house, when no one can see you in your house. Like, <laughs> that shows you how much power is being exerted over people. No one's there. No one's looking at you. There's no camera in your house. There's no government sitting there watching you. Yet you're in the house sitting a meter apart. Honestly, it makes no sense. So. At the end of the day, as long as you take care of yourself, you do what you can. Then you won't catch it. Yeah, exactly. That's really all I can say. Like, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but it's out there. You know, it's not dodging school kids, it's not dodging healthcare. We're all going to get it eventually. Whether it's now, 10 years' time, or whenever, it's going to happen. Wait. Coronavirus. Let's see what happens, guys. Let's have some faith. Let's hope that we can actually celebrate Christmas. That's all I'm saying. We will celebrate Christmas. I mean, the government going to come and tell us, guys, 25th of December is not Christmas. We will well, still no, celebrate. but like, look at Easter. Pardon? But look at Easter. You know, like these family times that people get together. Mm. Like, regardless of what religion, people always, 
people everywhere get together because it's just that time of year. Let's hope that we'll be able to live it as normal and what no more. Yeah. But no, I think that's all we have for this week's episode. If there's anything that you guys want to share, please, 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 please us up on our email, which is lessonhandoverpodcast at gmail.com. On our East on our, wow, I was gonna say on our Eastenders. Wow. Sorry. On our Instagram page, which is at the Nesson Handover Podcast. If you want to hit us up individually, you've got Kayan's handle, which is at DD Looks, and you've got mine at Billy Bean with three A's and three L's. I don't know. Anyway, you'll find me, you can't miss me. And yeah, if you really enjoy this podcast, please share with people that you know. Who else, whoever wants to listen to it, hit us up. Please just give us feedback. Leave your leave your feedback and your ratings out of five on the Apple podcast page. We want to say thank you that you guys have taken the time out to listen to us. Yes, thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening. Thank you for contributing. Hopefully yeah. we'll be back with you again next week with another amazing episode. Indeed. Great. Take care, guys. Take care. Bye.